Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargau Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargau, and with me once again are Daniel and Tim. Say hello, guys. Dollywood was fun. <laughs> I'm the Gargle. He's the Gargoyle. <laughs> and I'm the guy. He's gargling. <laughs> I hate you guys so much. <laughs> We've made it through almost all of our Filmcast coverage. And we're starting to lose it. And I think that's what is happening. We've podcasted seven a, times in the last it's, week. It's a realistic portrayal of how you feel by the end of the podcast, the, the film festival. It, it really <laughs> is. It's really, yeah. Really, really enjoy it, but also can't wait to just go home and go to sleep. Uh, yeah, because we've gone through seven episodes in the last week. Mm-hmm. Which is more time than I've spent with the two of you. Not counting the film fest in a while. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you apologizing to me or to him? Him. <laughs> Fair enough. You're podcasting with him? Yeah. Again? You're here with him? Really? What are you, what are you doing there? Kind of like when you kind of like when you guys showed up to the film festival without me. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Daniel? Where's the glue? <laughs> Where's the one that we want to listen to? We're just a horse walking around with no hooves. <laughs> like bloody stumps. Free glue with hooves. Rewind this and start it again. <laughs> nope. Don't rewind it. Do not oh. cut this. Oh. <laughs> Do not cut this out. <laughs> so, tonight we are talking about... Th- again, this is the last episode of our Chattanooga Film Fest coverage. Oh, and tonight we are talking about our favorite movies from the weekend. And we have obviously... We're talking about your favorite movies from the weekend. Our favorite no, movies. Three of them are the ones that I like the best. See? What was the ones you liked the best? Oh, we've already talked about them. Well, I know. Which ones, then? Oh, The Devil and Father and More was my favorite by far of the weekend. But we already talked about it, so yeah. we're going to revisit those. Well, we're not going to revisit them, but we'll probably... I, I think that uh, it'd be good to at least mention, like, all right, here, even if we've already talked about them, were some of the ones that really, really stood out. Um, and, and we'll probably do that at the very end, just kind of wrapping all of this up. Um... But yes, we have gone a little loopy, so we are probably going to go back and forth between Super Serious, talking like in-depth about movies, and then making fart jokes. Uh, so I'm going to apologize in advance, and also I'm going to not apologize because it's fun. Oh, I didn't get to make any Mount Me jokes in the last episode either. <sighs> you missed so many opportunities. I did. Because he was wearing a... That guy had to wear a Mount Me outfit. Mountie. <laughs> What? Mountie. That's what, That's what I said. Booty traps. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing at me? That's what I said. Mount me outfits. It's pronounced madropodies. That's what I said. Meat drapes. <laughs> well, you know, like, like in Canada, yes, the they police don't force... mount you in Canada. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> You're saying mount me. <laughs> no, I'm saying mount me. <laughs> what are we talking about, right, Meow? <laughs> so I don't understand why you guys think this is so funny. I'm, I'm, 
talking about the, the Canadian police force. <laughs> Maple syrup, beavers, moose fuckers, <laughs> mountain. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. So, first up, now that Tim's done. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to rein it in right now. We're done. Daniel just showed us a um, news item about Disney erecting a giant Woody. At Hollywood Studios. In honor of the new theme park, they're having a new Toy Story theme park. It's adult themed. So, anyways. So, so the, the movies... Now, now that we're was, done with Mount Me and Woody jokes. Uh, talking about Emergency which was a short play before Low Life. So then we're talking about Low Life. Uh, a Prayer Before Dawn, Summer of 84, and Tigers Are Not Afraid. Mm-hmm. So first up, Emergency. It was um, it was very sociopolitical in nature because um, these two guys come home from a party, I think. Um, one of them, one of them is African-American and I want to say that the other one is Oh, Hispanic maybe? I can't remember, uh, but they're not white. So they come home and there is a white girl in their living room passed out in her own vomit. And so they're trying to be like, oh, we need to call the cops. They're like, no, we have a drunk, passed out white girl in our living room. We will get shot. And so they're trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out how do we get this girl help without getting our own self shot. And they have a roommate who has been upstairs playing video games the entire time. And uh, he is Hispanic. And so then they're like, oh, well, we just need to whatever. And so there's a lot of the uh, awkward social situations and just what do we do? At one point, a phone ends up in the puddle of her vomit. And yeah, Um, at a certain point, the one of the guys, uh, the Hispanic guy, calls his brother. Well, before that, they before he knew that was happening, he said that he needs to come over with an offering of food and weed, not or, and. So he shows up, and they're like, "Oh, you look whiter than the rest of us, Louis, not Luis." And so, yeah, then he calls the cops, and they're all dressed very quote white. It was funny but also kind of sad. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I'm weird about this kind of stuff. Like, I feel like as a white person, I don't, I'm never going to be in that position. Right. So it's like, I don't I don't ever feel comfortable having those conversations, those open conversations of how would you react if I was a person of a different ethnic group and I was faced with something like that. Well, and that's one of the reasons that I enjoyed this one so much is because it took that I've never had to be in a situation like this. How would I react? And showed maybe some of the internal dialogue that that other people have to go through. Well, all joking aside, Nathan, out of the three of us, you look like you're Muslim. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get funny looks when I go through the airport. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I, I get why you're laughing at this, but I'm being like completely no, serious. I'm sorry. It. I'm just thinking about David Tell jokes. <laughs> That's, we need to speak with you, random bag Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like I am, 
I am aware of that, and even though, yeah, like, I am super white and tons of white privilege, because, you know. Yeah, I mean. It, it is a thing that exists. <laughs> they started talking to him like, you really worked on that accent, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> even, even with that, like, I'm aware when I go through an airport that I have to, like, I have to present the whitest side of me. Not my butt. <laughs> oh, they see that. <laughs> While they're doing that search. So, and, and that's just a, hmm, I know that sometimes I look like I'm a different ethnicity. And, yeah, so with with Emergency, it took a lot of those really awkward but very important conversations, but put enough humor around it so that you could laugh through it, but also have to think like, oh... Yeah, if there was a drunk girl in my living room, I would never have to worry about calling the cops and worry about whether or not I'm going to get shot. Yeah. So, lots of conversations that could happen around that in terms of, again, like, very academic, hmm, how accurate is this? But, um, but yeah, it was really, really well done. Really enjoyed it. Low Life, which was uh, directed by Ryan Prowse. Um, that That's the movie that... Before the film fest, when I was trying to figure out what my schedule was going to be, I kept going back and forth on whether or not I was going to catch this one. Because it was playing, both times that it was playing, um, I think it was playing twice. I think. Anyways, during each of the showings, whether it be one or two, it was opposite of something else that I really wanted to see, and so it was a really tough decision. <clears throat> and I had kept hearing and uh, reading about how Low Life was being compared to early Tarantino work. And on the one hand, that that excited me, because I was like, oh, I, I love Tarantino stuff. That could be really fun. Which is your white side coming out. Yes. <laughs> the other side of me, though, um, was like, ah, some of the stuff that gets compared to Tarantino feels way too like, oh, you're just trying to be Tarantino. And it's not nearly as enjoyable. So it's like, if you're going to try to do Pulp Fiction, I'd rather just watch Pulp Fiction. So I kept going back and forth on whether or not to watch it. And, I, and I'm glad that I did see it because, again, it made my, this is one of my top movies of the weekend. I understand why people are comparing it to early Tarantino, but, <clears throat> but that's not who it reminded me of. Like, when I was watching it, I would almost say that it felt more like like uh, Robert Rodriguez than Tarantino. And not just because one of the characters was a luchador, but I don't know. I, maybe it was because of some of the comedic timing. Maybe it's because some of the conversations felt a little bit more genuine and less just pop culture-y. Um, but, but yeah, like, and like I've been trying to place who who does this movie remind me of? Because again, I get why people say Tarantino, but that's that's not who I would say. Um, and I and I mean that in the best way possible. I mean that in a it did not feel derivative of an early Tarantino film. <clears throat> it felt it felt original. Um, like maybe some cinematic stuff. Like there were, it's one story but told from four different perspectives. I think four different perspectives. And so, like, it's uh, kind of going through the same thing. Non-linear, sort of like Pulp Fiction is. Yeah. 
And and again, like I get that's probably why some of the people are like, oh, it feels like early Tarantino, but yeah. Is there a lot of banter, like a lot of dialogue? There's a lot of banter. <laughs> One of the guys has a Nazi uh, swastika tattoo on his face. And he ends up being one of the most endearing characters. <laughs> you have to see it for it to make sense. But uh, but yeah, the, the guy that when you first see him, it's like, <clears throat> oh my God, someone just shoot him already. By the end of the film, it's like, you know what? I like this guy a lot. He is still makes some very bad decisions. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so again, uh, low life had a, a luchador, not really superhero, but more like, um, more like El Duce in Boondock Saints, where he's just kind of like, oh, if you need something done, call him in. Uh, and like, he's fueled by rage and the the mantle of um, of his wrestling name El Monstro has been passed down from generation to generation, and so his father and grandfather were just like these enormous hulking type of guys, and he is not he is very diminutive. I, I say very diminutive. He is shorter than uh, than his father and grandfather, um, but still just again like fueled with rage. And at one point, he kills a guy with a propane tank. Very bloody. You don't see it, but you see the aftermath. Um, <laughs> and his wife is pregnant, and he is very much uh, the legend above all. So, like, anything that happens, it's, how is the El Monstro name going to be passed on to my son? Don't really care about other people. Just care about the legend. <laughs> and even though that makes him sound like just one of the worst possible characters ever... He, again, is very endearing, and the entire movie, even when he's doing something horrible, you're rooting for him. Um, for me, at least, every single scene that he was in, like, I kept expecting him to do something different. Because it's like, no, he's supposed to be, like, the anti-hero hero. Like, he's, he's who I'm rooting for. Why does he keep doing terrible things? <laughs> but I absolutely... Loved it. Um, it is already. I think it's already out on video on demand. IFC, I think. Uh, yes, yes, it is an IFC film. Um, so yeah, pretty sure that one's already out. I absolutely recommend checking that one out. Um, I, yeah, I, that's that's about all to say about that one. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, would would watch it again tonight. Were it not for the fact that we're podcasting. <laughs> so that's Emergency and Low Life. Next up is A Prayer Before Dawn. And this is one of the few that I caught that didn't have <clears throat> um, it didn't have anyone there talking about it. <clears throat> but I don't know if I could have handled someone talking about it. Well, they, I think they said it, it, yeah, it's not even out. It didn't come out till August. Hmm. Um, but it's... Uh, wasn't it by that uh, the film group A is A twenty four? Yes. Nearly everything that I've watched from them has been good. <laughs> yeah, and this one was directed by Jean Stephanie Sovare. I apologize if I am butchering that name. Um, and I think it's Jean Stephane Sovare. 
Sure. <laughs> One of us is either correct or horribly wrong. <laughs> Savoir faire El Steven. <laughs> anyway. I make jokes because I know what we're about to get into. Well, I mean, we, we can joke about his name because the film was brilliant. <laughs> the Oh my god. So, so last episode when we were talking about the, quote, fun movies of the weekend, um, where just pretty much everything came back to, it was fun, watch it. Yeah. And it was. Listen to that episode and then watch the movies we talked about, because they're all really fun. This one was based off of a true story of a British boxer who uh, was addicted to heroin and gets sent to a, um, was it, uh, to a Thailand, to a prison in Thailand. It was brutal like oh god there there were some there were some movies that we saw over the weekend that were intense that were dramatic that were sad that made me want to cry a little bit this was just this one didn't let up though oh god solid drama not even solid action this was the equivalent of a first person shooter in movie form (laughs) you you had to look in every direction all the time but again not a first person shooter because of action yeah yeah first person of just you are there with him the entire time the uh the only parts that are subtitled are when uh are when people are speaking in English, Broken but with English. just a very, very, very strong uh, Thailand accent. And so, like, you can kind of understand what they're saying when you're reading it, but when when people are speaking their native tongue, no subtitles. You only get, you only understand what he understands. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut the runtime of this a little bit, because it felt so long, because it's so intense the entire time. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, he's essentially, like, the only white guy in this prison. Yeah. So, which, I mean, automatically paints a target on his back when he gets there, but... Before he gets arrested, he's shoving uh, <laughs> balloons of heroin, either balloons or condoms or something. He is shoving packs of heroin up his butt, which... Makes no sense. Like, why didn't he just run? Oh, my God. And I know it's based off of a true story, so it wasn't just, this makes good cinematic. Like, what was he thinking? I was a little confused because the description says that he learns, that he he basically learns Muay Thai while he's in prison. But, I mean, that happens in, what, the last third of the movie, maybe? Yeah, it's not like a... It's not um, like he learns it and he's doing a bunch of fights like an action, like a, you know, like a normal action movie or whatever. Well, and like, I also... Excuse me. I expected it to be a lot more like, well, he's like the Superman kind of character. Yeah. Like, he's obviously gonna win all of his fights. (laughs) He pretty much gets his ass kicked the whole movie. Oh, God. (laughs) Every single time. Somehow he survives. There's some rough stuff in this movie, too, but, I mean, it's to be expected. <laughs> and, spoiler, but I feel like this is a necessary spoiler, he does survive. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, that, because the entire, well, not the entire movie, about... It would be kind of shitty to watch a movie where there's only one person that you kind of are relating to the entire movie. Well, halfway... <laughs> dies. Somewhere between halfway and three-fourths of the way through... I genuinely thought that he was going to die. Like I did not, I did not expect him to live, and 
And I was like, that that's the only thing that can happen. They can't keep him alive. He obviously is going to die. And and it'll make sense. But no, uh, he did survive. And um, the, the actual guy whose name I don't have pulled up right now... Um, he played a character named Billy Moore. I don't know if that's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Billy Moore, he... Like, then went on to do, like, drug rehab to try to help get other people off their addiction. So there is a really endearing side at the end of just, oh, here's what happened afterwards. But you see none of that. You see none of his actual redemption. You see none of the good that he's done afterwards. You see none of, like, reconnecting with family. It is just nonstop. You are going to be miserable but it is oh god it is just such a good good movie do not watch it with your kids nope (laughs) do not watch it with people who get uh, offended by violence and swearing um there is a (laughs) fairly graphic rape scene yeah um like it doesn't it's not graphic in the sense that it doesn't actually show penetration, but it, it is shown very... The scene went on much longer than I expected it to. Yeah. And very disturbing. And, ah. Oh. Yeah. So as unsettling as that was, it made both of our, our list, our, both of our lists of the top movies of the weekend. Yeah. Which, to me, says a lot that... <laughs> <laughs> we are really disturbed. <laughs> Here is how intense A Prayer Before Dawn was. The next movie that I saw was Low Life, and it seemed like a romp in the park. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Walking into Low Life, it's just like, oh, finally, something light to be a palate cleanser with a movie involving child smuggling, child prostitution, a lot of death uh just really 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 dark stuff and (laughs) it seemed like a bright spot speaking of dark things that were still somehow enjoyable uh next one that we're talking about is summer of 84 excuse me and this was made by the same guys who did uh, or the same group rather that did turbo kid Yes, which we've talked about in the past. Which we have talked what about in the they, past. When they refer to themselves, it was like three letters. It was RBK or... Yes. RBK, like RB, RKB. RKB, I mean. I, uh, you know, I really should pull these things up before we start talking. <laughs> Anyways, the same group who did Turbo Kid um, did Summer of 84, and it is kind of the complete opposite end Well, of the I mean, they prefaced the movie with don't expect <clears throat> going into this to see Turbo Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't expect uh, comic books coming to life with chain or uh, uh, buzzsaw wielding. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect any of that. This one is <clears throat> about a... It, it's kind of like The Burbs meets Disturbia meets... The two movies they ripped off called Rear Window. (laughs) Rear Window. But with kids as uh, as the the main characters. And it's about a group of kids during the summer of 84 who uh, 
there's been some uh, some serial murders going on or like kids disappearing and one of them who they they paint the picture that he is a bit more conspiracy theoristy um he thinks that his next door neighbor is the one who has been committing all of these heinous acts and so most of the movie is following the kids as they're trying to uh, to prove that he was the one responsible for all of this and it it's funny but it's not a comedy like there were parts that made yeah. me laugh but i would put this very strongly in just like the straight up horror or straight up thriller category with some lighter spots uh the trailer makes it look more like a coming of age kind of <clears throat> it focuses more on the neighbor girl kind of thing and then it's like oh by the way there's a serial killer in this movie. <laughs> well, and, and there was some of that there was some of the coming of age yeah. they tried to make it what I felt like with the movie was they tried to make it a darker much more sinister like Monster Squad, Goonies-esque type movie, Stranger Things is what they kept like kicking it back to. It's like you know, um, but this there was a real, in a way there was like a real monster there. So, uh, and they did say that um, that they started working on this before, or they at least got the script before Stranger Things was a thing. And they said that if it had been reversed, like if Stranger Things had already been out when they had first uh, like gotten the script and decided whether or not to work on it they they said that they wouldn't have done it so even though a, there's a lot of similarities yeah. they weren't just like blatant like oh here's a big thing let's play on this so i remember it was one of the first movies we saw if not it was probably the second movie we saw I think, yeah. Of the of the we night. saw the shorts and then we saw uh, summer of eighty four. Yes, I have <clears throat> I have some cardinal rules of movies that I just I always follow, and I know y'all have heard it a million times. Major spoilers coming up, by the way. But I will say, in the last couple of weeks, one of one of my big things is like you don't kill certain characters in a movie. Um, you don't kill animals, and I'm not okay with like rape scenes. Like it's just there's a level of uncomfortable through all this. So one thing you can be assured of is there is no rape scene that I'm talking about. The <sighs> there's some implied. Yes, there are some implied. Um, the there's no way to talk about this without talking about specifics. So again. Major spoilers. If you don't want a huge spoiler of Summer of '84, skip forward about ten minutes. Well, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna <clears> skip <throat> the spoiler aspect of it and just say it broke some of my rules, and I got very frustrated with it. Um, but at the same time, it was weird. It was <clears throat> the next week I went and sat through um, a Quiet Place, and for those of you who haven't seen it yet, uh, it has some of the same stuff in it that Summer of 84 had in it, and it really, like, some of the same themes, some of the same things happen, and so therein, I started thinking, I was like, is that where our society is going, that in certain types of movies, to get a certain kind of reaction, 
has it come to this? Well, and and I think so for a few reasons. And there's no way to talk about this without saying it. Spoiler-ish. Um, they just kill like, a kid. Just say, yeah, just say one of the characters. Yeah. We're not going to say which one, but there is a kid that gets killed. And it did really bug me how it happened because it did feel very, very unnecessary. But the end of the movie <clears throat> showed one of the other kids who survived and like some of the trauma that they were obviously dealing with. It was not a it's over and done and everything was wrapped up in my little bow. There was a very clear this is going to mess this kid up probably for life. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't like that in the sense of like, oh, I like that they did that. But with my psych background, I do like the fact that playing it as like a quote real situation that they showed here is some like real life tangible yeah consequence and i think i think that's where did you see the movie daniel yeah i i agree that i feel like that character's death was unnecessary but i don't agree that you know there should be a rule that this never happens in a movie Oh no! I'm saying it's a personal rule. I mean, <laughs> to me, fun. to me, to say that that would be a permanent rule would rule out possibilities for movies, from in my opinion. So when it happens, it I mean, it's not that it doesn't phase me, but I think. But see, there's there's a part there's a part of me that is so like I can't detach myself in some ways when it comes to certain things that happen in film and with our. Uh, I don't know how you would say it any other way than socio-political climate of, you know, schools being shot up and things of that nature. Mm. I don't find it okay that a filmmaker, and mind you, mind you, let me point this out. These are foreign filmmakers, by the way. The movie is not foreign, but the people who made the movie are from a different country where I don't feel like they deal with the same type of stuff that we deal with here because other foreign governments are, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not putting down our government as much as, you know, the next person would, but our government is just dropping the ball on the same things that these other foreign governments. And so when you have a foreign filmmaker who comes over and they make a really good movie, which summer of 84 was a really well, really well done movie for what it was. I almost feel like it's kind of like a like a, a backhanded slap to like the way America is at this point in terms of you're all so desensitized. See, I, I would disagree because you know part of lots of different re reasons that movies are made, sometimes entertainment, blah, 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 blah. But especially when it comes to more of that horror-esque type of movie. And this one borders on horror and thriller. Um, I would definitely I would definitely say it's horror, but other people might say, oh no, it's a thriller. Anyways, it's a horror movie. And part of horror movies is to like hold up that mirror to to show this is some of that darkness happening in society. And I definitely get where you're coming from with the there's already enough kids dying. Why do we need to see this? Like, you go to movies to escape. I actually, again, I don't like that they show it, but I feel like it is kind of necessary because 
it is a thing that's happening. And yes, you go to movies to escape, but it's also, look, you've been invested in this character for the last two hours, or however long, and now they are gone. It's very easy, like when you watch the news or whatever, to say, oh, that's a tragedy. I know nothing about them. I can just change the channel. When you've been invested in this character and it has a little bit more of the, oh my God, kind of uh, reaction to it, I feel like that shows a little bit more of the, some of these things are really happening. And this is why it is so absolutely terrible. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about this with the next movie because the next movie we talk about also has kids dying. But with the with the content of uh, of the movie with uh, Tigers Not Afraid, there's no way that you could show an accurate representation of what is going on without showing this. And if you didn't show at least one of them dying, it's almost like it's it's almost like it's sanitizing it. And like, oh, here is this terrible thing that everyone makes it out okay. And again, that's not necessarily a justification for every movie should have kids dying, but but has, have, have, do y'all not do y'all not realize that all the movies that we talk about that we watched as kids growing up in the eighties, even the movies that like our parents let us watch, at the end of them, almost always everybody made it out okay. Not so much as that it was a happy ending or that everything was okay, but. By the time everything was said and done, you know, things turned out for the better. Has, has Does nobody want to point out, you know, the giant elephant in the room that is the fact that now you feel like you're not getting a fun or a good movie-going experience if you don't walk out of there going, well, that was open-ended. You never get a sequel. You never get any kind of, like, end game to anything. It's just... That it is what it is, and you walk away from it. And well, I'm kind of. I guess what I'm saying is like I'm sick and tired of the open-ended <clears throat> crap that people keep shoving down our throats, to where you don't get closure at the end of a movie. I like I like a good movie because it helps you to escape, but I also like closure at the end of it where you're just kind of like when I'm watching something that like I'm just wanting some escapism. Yes, absolutely. When to me, Summer of 84 isn't that kind of movie. Like, it's not going to be the kind of movie that I watch. Like, oh, I just need a fun romp to kind of get away from things for a little bit. And the ending is very open-ended, but but not like open-ended for here we can have a sequel. More of a, again, holding up that, that mirror to society and just like sometimes things don't turn out okay. You know, like a kid who has lived through a trauma isn't just like going back to school the next day everything being hunky-dory like it shows this is going to be an ongoing issue for a while and i I think the reason that i am so adamant about speaking against that is because we get so much of that shoved down our throats already i mean if you take away social media from yourself and you shut your cable off and you don't ever watch the news or read the paper for that matter then you're good you would never, you would never see that. But and a lot those of things play such a huge that. role. But a lot, a lot of those things play such a huge role in our lives already. That 
I don't need one more thing reminding me that those things happen. Well, and I'm not arguing, like, I'm not saying, no, you're wrong. I'm saying I absolutely a thousand percent agree. And also, here's why sometimes it's also necessary. So it, it's not a, you're wrong because I'm right. It's a, you are absolutely right. I also think that some of this holds validity, if, if that makes sense. I just, I don't know, like... I feel like the the way that we saw it and how it was presented to us was like you were saying was you know when is it necessary not too long before that that weekend where we got to go and we got to watch the movie not too long before that there was another shooting since then there have been multiple shootings not to yeah. say that anybody was shot in this movie I'm just saying that there there have been unjust killings that have happened and so then you bring up you know you go and you watch this movie and you're in a room full of people that all of them have very different mindsets. But one thing's for sure is like everybody loves what they're going through right then. And the movie, I don't know. It's just movies like that that have such I, – I think when I go see a movie, I want to see something that I would watch over and over again or that I feel like I could – just share with somebody and be like, hey, watch this movie. Yeah. Like when Daniel was like, hey, watch Dear Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> keep all of this in mind. Uh, with all of this being said, keep in mind that uh, Tim won't watch a movie just because it has a shark in it, and it's a really good movie. I do have an unbelievable <laughs> pair of sharks. So you're not going to watch The Meg? He won't watch The Shallows. The Meg looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> if, if I hear that... <laughs> If I hear that Jason Statham drop kicks a giant shark underwater, he's gonna punch it. I am, I am, a, I am so positive. At some point, he is going to punch a shark. It might not be the megalodon. It might be like a much smaller shark. Like, take that. Yeah. No, like. It looks I mean, fun. Daniel's I love, right. I love Daniel's Jason Statham. right. I do have like an unhealthy fear of certain things, and so I mean, yeah, I get it, but. I don't know. I liked Summer of 84 watching it once. I'd much rather have a film that I can own and watch over and over and over again. When I sit down and watch a movie, I like to think, you know, would I add that to my collection later on down the line? Not to say that I wouldn't for Summer of 84, but it's just not a movie that, like, I would buy, put on the shelf, and if somebody's like, oh, what is that? I'd be like... Well, you know, how do I explain it to people? And... So here's one of the reasons why, for me, it was one of the best movies of the weekend. How long have we been talking about it now? Like, even though you probably <laughs> would never watch it again, and that's not a, all right, let's move on. That was a, you watch it once, and it brings up a lot of conversations. It brings up a lot of, should they have done this or shouldn't they? You know, what's the role of movies? Are movies supposed to show society? Are they supposed to shape society? Is it going to just give other uh, people in society ideas on how to do some of the evil things they want to do? Like the fact that the fact that watching this movie has sparked this conversation to me is part of what makes it such a great movie. Okay, let me ask this question: do, Will Summer of '84 is it picked up? Is it going to be? released by a studio or i can't remember if they said that it was or not uh i do know that during the q a they said um that basically some of the money people wanted them to do a happier ending yeah and they were like nope not, so not gonna happen 
if this movie gets picked up and put out, and the next movie that we're going to talk about doesn't, is going to be a crime. Yeah. The, the next one, and this will is good enough of a transition because <laughs> it's going to carry over a lot of the same topics. Oh my god, this this one I think was hands down top movie of the weekend for me. Uh, Tigers are not afraid. It will be a, literally be a crime if this movie doesn't get some kind of. I don't think that it'll get a theatrical release, but. It needs to get picked up by somebody and seen by a lot more people. Yeah. So, uh, Tiger's Not Afraid, uh, directed by... I'm going to mispronounce the name. Isa Lopez. Is it Isa? I think so. I-S-S-A. Uh, so, Isa Lopez. And it's about these kids in... Um, well, she apparently is a, is a um, successful romantic comedy... <clears throat> uh, Latino director. Yes. Uh, what? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I, I was looking at her filmography. There's only one other film that looks like it might not be a, a like a romantic comedy called 600 Miles. Um, I went ahead and added it to my watch list. Oh, and it has Tim Roth in it. So. Oh, God. But every other, every other thing in her filmography is like romantic comedy. <laughs> I would not expect that. <laughs> yeah, at no. All. No, no. Um, oh god this film apparently came out last year it was number 8 on Guillermo del Toro's best films of the year and it had a lot of del Toro-esque-ness to it I mean if you didn't tell me I would almost think that this was one of his projects I could see more of he produced it yeah Mm. it doesn't have quite the level of uh, visuals I guess that his films do but there is it does have a fairy tale aspect to it um some animated aspects to to the film yeah so so it's about these five kids in mexico and they're all homeless um some of their parents have abandoned them some of them have been kidnapped some of them are dead um and they're just living on the streets yeah then there's this other girl that lives with her mother like in a nice little apartment looking thing, but her mother's disappeared. Um, yeah, and there's a drug cartel that's obviously doing some terrible things, and this happens pretty early on, so not too much of a spoiler. Um, she gets these three wishes, and one of them she wishes for her mother to be back, and then you get some monkey paw type stuff happening yeah. where, where her mother things, comes back. You get your wish, but not quite how you expected it oh god always with just such terrible terrible consequences so that's where some of that like fairy tale fantasy-esque type stuff happens and also a lot more horror than i expected yeah well i mean if you you see the poster (laughs) i i don't know if i have seen the poster Uh, i I just know i saw the preview for it it looked very interesting And when I saw the preview, I just kept in mind that if Del Toro had anything to do with this movie whatsoever, if it was just something that he, he even liked. He didn't. It's just something that he liked. If it's something that he liked. In watching that, it took me back to Pan's Labyrinth, in which I was like, okay, this movie is going to be have some really messed up stuff going on in it. Because Pan's Labyrinth, it's a roller coaster ride. 
of just it doesn't have as much it doesn't have fantastical much fairy tale stuff as you would think um it's just a it's a an odd way it's it's there's it's an tr- odd way of of talking about the, the the effects of the drug cartels and stuff in such an opposite way of a movie like um, uh, what's what's the one they just did the sequel to um, Sicario yeah it's it's nothing like that kind of commentary on the drug cartels but it's at the same time it is it's it's a more personal look at at that kind but of but it's thing. almost like you're seeing it through a through a child's eyes absolutely yes, yes. the and entire that's... movie is just just about the entire movie is led by children amazing actors like there was no oh child actors here like it it felt almost more like a documentary in terms of just how well every single role was played following the group of lost boys around the streets of mexico i also want to point out that um out of all the movies that we saw over the weekend and that the movies that i like the best it seemed to be like the kids yeah like it was more of like there were child actors in the movie, and this just... one's foreign subtitled also. Well, and there was just enough fantasy that the entire movie, I kept wondering, all right, is this more of just a fairy tale? Is it something that is really happening? But some of the darker stuff, you're seeing it through a child's like trying to reconcile it in some way where it's not just completely devastating. Is it real? Like, you know, are our wishes, wishes actually real? So it wasn't... Yes. So it wasn't pervasive... Inclination on us for a minute. Yes. It wasn't... I hate you. It wasn't <laughs> fantastical enough to be a very clear, like, disengaged... Like, oh, it's just a fantasy. Can we sing Christmas carols right now? No. Come on, deck the halls. The... No. There were kids who died. But and again, if they hadn't, it would have felt it would have felt like they were sanitizing it. And one of one of the deaths. Could you stop saying sanitize it? Because it makes me just think of tampons. Like, <laughs> just think of like BFF Max, girls then. And Max, it's like <laughs> you made the movie feel like it was being wiped down with a sanitary napkin, Daniel. It was just <laughs> so. One of the deaths. Let me wiped up. <laughs> I guess they one, go. one of the deaths I was not expecting. Yeah, and I think you're supposed to go back to front. And it happened in such a way that when it did happen, oh god, it 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 was rough. That, that was another audible sigh, I think, in the from the crowd. Like that might have been the darkest moment of the entire film fest, even with a prayer before dawn. This one scene was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, God, so sad, but insanely well done. I worry about the fact that you're becoming a dad sometimes. Cause I feel like you're so that, desensitized. I feel like that that's is change. part of what terrifies me. I think that's going to change, though, and that's one thing that let, let's go back to all that mess. <laughs> I think that's one thing that you know you go back 10 years ago with me and you put anything in a film and I'm okay with it. You know, I would watch literally almost anything. William? 
Yeah. I would would literally watch almost anything. And now it's like there are certain things like I love my animals. I love my kid. I love my wife and my daughter. So when I see anything that deals with things that could potentially hurt them in real life, I automatically like shut down from it because I, it puts that thought in my head that, Oh God, that could, you know, that could be something that would happen to them. Well, and I think that if I had seen these movies last year, it still would have been rough because I'm a decent human being. Eh, I'm not. <laughs> we know. It still would have been rough, but yeah, because I'm having a kid in a few months, like when some of this happened, it was, it was unsettling on a different level. It was still unsettling because, again, just basic human decency. But yeah, that that, that side of me was just like that. Going back to uh, Summer of 84, the dad, who was played by um, Randy from Monk. um, I can't remember his actual name, but yeah. Yeah. The way that he responded to his kid when the kid came to him like, we need help. This is what's going on. (laughs) You're full of shit. Yeah, like, of course that's what he's going to say. But then at the end, when it's like, when he realizes, <laughs> oh, that was real, it, yeah, it, it hurt. It was like, oh my God, I hope that, mm, you can't believe everything a kid says, especially when it's, our next door neighbor is a mass murderer. <laughs> but oh my God, what if they're right? And what if I don't believe my kid? And... Oh my god. Well think back think back to when you were a kid and I don't know, I grew up in a neighborhood where we there was like kids in the neighborhood and we all got out and played and we stayed outside during the summer and we didn't sit inside and play Nintendo and watch movies and watch T V and not you know, you went out and you played with your friends and if a strange person pulled up in a car or came up, then everybody would be like, Hey, what's that person doing here? Yeah. Stranger danger. Yeah, and but you were in a giant. You were in a large group. There was no way that a grown man could take on, you know, any like a group of boys from the age of eight until sixteen, and that was the like age range. And there's like ten of us. When I was twelve, I was riding my bike, probably a couple of miles away to the record store. Well, I say the record store to buy some tapes. Sure. So. But, like, alone. It was, all right, bye. I'm riding my bike. And I I didn't think anything of it. It was just, I know where I'm going. I know to stay on the sidewalks. If there's not a sidewalk, take the roads where, like, there's not heavily trafficked, blah, 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 blah. Never worried about whether or not anything was going to happen to me. And I don't know if that was just, like, childlike innocence or if it was... I, I don't know. But the thought of... The thought of having a kid, even 13 or 14 riding their bike a couple of miles away like no no uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. absolutely not well i mean like when you when you have your kid if you stayed living here you know you've got a few different things that are within walking distance and your kid's like dad i'm gonna walk down to blah 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 and you're just like even at like <laughs> no you're 11, not 12, there's 13. a condom wrapper in the right <laughs> <laughs> but you see what i'm saying like i brought you into this world <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean it's it's one of those things where uh, like even, even if they want to walk next door to Golden Corral, it's like why are you making terrible life decisions? <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to Golden Corral. That's a terrible. Life decision, <laughs> That's what I was saying. You don't ask them. You just tell them no. 
and expect that to be the like okay. But no, like so you're you're about to get to experience that same level of connection that that I will. I don't know that Daniel ever got to experience that connection with either one of the children that reside in his home. Like, <laughs> she just found them, threw them in a van. I mean, that's... It's it's just one of those things where it's like... So not an appropriate joke with this conversation. Can you help me put this couch in my van? Just a little further. But I really what feel like that's... are you? <laughs> About a chin. <laughs> All that I can picture as you're doing that voice is the. Um, you're supposed to be picturing Silence of the Lambs. No, I'm picturing the the guy from Men in Black. Um, oh, <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. Water. Water. <laughs> 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 we have completely derailed a very serious, very thought-provoking conversation. I'm so glad this is our last episode for a while. <laughs> We're going to get stuck in the time loop and do them all over again. I will... What would you guys do if we did seven more episodes... Where we went back through all of the movies you as probably, if we hadn't talked about them. You probably get a scene I like, would start. much like the one from the uh, the film where the guy cuts his own throat. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I was say. I would be reading up on whatever the life uh, life insurance policy that I have to see what ending myself would do. I'm pretty sure that your wife would cut your throat too. <laughs> Both of you would get luchador masks. Just start yelling at everything goes silent. You have a luchador mask, don't you? I do, I do. I have a very nice luchador mask, as a matter of fact. From Mexico. Mexico? Yeah. So anyways, um... So, yes. I think, I think you will, once, once you are holding a child that is yours in your hand and you're like, this is mine now. You're going to be like, this is me now. And you're going to start seeing things. Once it's actually here, you'll see things in a totally different life. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be tempted. First time I hold it to say the legend above all and run out of the hospital room. <laughs> Little wife. So anyways. Yeah. I, that I joke would have very, if we would have seen the movie. I am very much looking forward to it, <laughs> to having a kid, but yeah, like there, there are definitely things that are kind of scary. Um, like I, I think that I told you before, uh, getting closer to Halloween, I'm gonna do a week of like genuine fears, like what actually scares you, and watch movies that that represent those. Because for me, part of watching horror movies is not just escapism, but to like actually confront in a safe way something that genuinely terrifies you. And one of the weeks for me is going to be just kids and and fatherhood because no matter how hard i try sometimes life happens something terrible might happen they might end up being a terrible person life finds a way life does find a way <laughs> you need and... to you really you really just need to watch daddy daycare <laughs> you're talking about everyday kind of horrors 
Basket. Horrors. Basket case. I thought you were going to say Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> that was about birth, and, you know, uh, um, you need to rewatch. Just better not give birth that way. <laughs> just crapping over a tin bucket. Here you go. The fact, if, if you're still married tomorrow, <laughs> she's in there just filling out paperwork. <laughs> He's done it. I'm over it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, filing a complaint with the courthouse for actually issuing us a marriage license. <laughs> she sues the county. <laughs> In wins once they meet you. That's the sad part. They call character witnesses. Me and Daniel are like, well, she's right. He's a pretty. He's just. <laughs> you just go in with the drawings of all the stories that you've told. It's like, we don't have any actual pictures. But here's an artist's rendering of it. It's all like, it's all stick people. And like, it's a flip book. And they're like, it's just. It, all the flip books are the same. It's just a guy bending another guy over. Like, I don't understand. It's like, that's all I know how to draw out of stick people. It's like. Why does he have a merkin on his face? No, no, that's his beard. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please just stop now? So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we apologize for uh, everything. Speaking. <laughs> so, yeah, the our top four, at least the four that we covered tonight: Low Life, A Prayer Before Dawn, Summer of '84, and Tigers Are Not Afraid. Um, but what what were some of the other? Highlights of the weekend. Like, one of the ones for me... Uh, one of the ones for me was definitely Dementia. I mean, it was it was an indie flick, but the fact that 30 days thought to completed movie, amazing. I really liked it. And the, the one thing I did like about it is the way it was shot in black and white, but the Mount Me... Uh, the Mount <laughs> Uniform. The Mount Me uniform was like they brought it. They brought the color out in it for the reds. Uh, I thought that was pretty. What were some of the other movies that you love? You mentioned uh, Father and Mort. Yeah, The Devil and Father and Mort was. Uh, a, I. It just it was one of those movies that it seemed very sincere, and I appreciated it. Like I I really appreciate it. I loved the shorts. The first thing that we watched was just it was a bunch of really fun things. Um. Socks on Fire, I still, like, <laughs> I want to see that movie again. I want to see that short film again just because it was so bizarre. But in some ways, I understood it. Like, it's weird. If you grew up in the South, you'll get it. But if you if he, like, if you took that up north somewhere, they would be like, what the hell am I watching? I mean, when I say up north, I mean, like, take it to, like, the Midwest. Take it to Mulholland. And let them <laughs> take it to the Take it to Mulholland. <laughs> Anyways, but I, yes. you know, you take it to a different part of the country where they don't have that kind of stuff going on. It would seriously be like, what the hell am I watching? Very easy for it to appear as if it's just like a stereotyped, like, oh, pff, those crazy Alabamians. Yeah. Unless you're from there, in which case it's like, oh no, like I totally know these people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BFF girls, we've mentioned. Gonna mention that one a lot because it was just fantastic. Yeah, and we like the people that did the movie. Like, yeah, just everybody that was in that film. Again, you walk up to these people and you can just talk to them, and they're just they're they're normal people that just had a vision and did it, 
and it's just kind of like, well, you know, they. I, I feel like they don't even think anything about it. They're just like, yeah, I did this thing. It's in a movie festival. You should go see it. And then I love the fact that Brian's comment was, I love the fact that y'all think that we're just really nice people who make super weird films. <laughs> like, uh, are y'all high right now? What's wrong with you? Yes. But they are. They are genuinely nice people who make super weird movies. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll continue to support and watch uh, their super weird movies. Uh, he's been posting some of the behind the scenes things for like William and Crowhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one of his earlier shorts. I think that was his first short. Uh, so yeah, he's been posting um, some extras on on his YouTube account. I had fun watching uh, the King Boxer and getting reacquainted with watching some old kung fu movies. Which I didn't get to like a lot of the stuff that I would have had a lot more to say about. Yeah, would have been if I would have stayed because I would have been sitting there with Daniel watching the old kung fu stuff. Well, and speaking of old kung fu, Ninja Zombie. Mm. I hate that I missed the Bleeding Skull showing. Anytime that you see Bleeding Skull in front of something, let me rephrase that. Anytime that you see a movie (laughs) (laughs) that has Bleeding Skull Presents, do not miss it. What if it was Bleeding Skull Presents Children Dying? (laughs) I probably... It's, it's just a bunch of kids running a hair salon. <laughs> Shut up. It's all it's all it's all in the spelling and like you just don't expect it. It's the sequel Why did they to really spell dying wrong on there. It's the sequel to Earth Girls Are Easy. And it's the child shop of Curl Up and Die. Just the hair salon. Yeah, I watched Our Girls Are Easy just the other day. It's so I think fun. I blame you for that. You subliminally, like, through Facebook, was like, I'm watching this movie today. And then a few days later, I'm flipping through Amazon. I'm like, oh, look. Why don't I want to watch this? And I turned it on. And Becca's you like, thought it was a completely different movie? Becca's like, what the hell are you watching? And I'm like, <sighs> just watching. And she was like, at first she was like, who's in this? Jeff Goldblum. Gina Davis? Jim Carrey? <laughs> Damon Wayans? Is that the guy from uh, New Girl? I was like, no, that's Damon Wayans. <laughs> he was in the 80s. That kid was probably like eight years old when this oh, movie came out. And the songs in that movie, oh, we're not talking about that tonight. Uh, the <laughs> paperbacks from hell, uh, meeting Grady Hendrix, that was a highlight for me. Uh, Ghost Stories was one of my top movies. That, oh man, it... It was also a really fun but really terrifying horror movie. Terrifying because terrifying because it was atmospheric, but the jump scares hit and the the psychological horror was definitely there. It love ghost stories. Um I would say The Devil and Father Amort, the shorts, um the last movie star yeah um it was good but it frustrated me because i'm like just show ariel winters naked no kids died god there's a story of one of the kids dying though a lot of kids did die then (laughs) (laughs) no they died after the movie pet died the pet died yeah but it's still great but the movie the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, 
other than that, I you know, I got to meet I finally got to meet Graham Skipper who like me and Daniel's been doing this for four years, and if I'm not mistaken, I think I technically met him. I was just standing there, you were talking to him. like, but we've been doing <laughs> this for four years, stories. and I think he's had a movie there almost every year since we've been there, or a short, or he's had something to do with it. Like he's been there for four years, and we've just never been like, oh, hey, you're that guy that's doing all that cool stuff that, like, you know, we're well, watching. This year was like the Matt Mercer and Graham Skipper Fest because. <laughs> God, so they did, and they or they were in everything, and yeah, I, you can go ahead and name everything. But uh, Wait, let me finish. He, he was he was in downrange. They were in all those incest movies. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the other the other thing though was uh, I got to meet Izzy Lee, and just I fangirled out on her too. Which I feel like fangirl is a very sexist comment, but I did. I mean, uh, you'd rather be a fangirl than the stigma that comes with fanboy. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And you're not... I don't think that you're saying it in a derogatory way. I'm not. Like, I was super excited. Uh, I was very nervous. Um, when when I express my admiration to somebody, there's there's two different ways it can go. Because, like, with Graham Skipper, which is like, dude, I love, your, I love the movies you're in and everything, you know. With Izzy Lee, it was like, you know, I love the fact that she's, you know, a powerful voice in what she does you know so much so that they had her there speaking on you know she had a whole entire thing about socio-political themes and horror yeah films. i mean yeah but a lot of that also had to do with the fact that you know she's a female and she's commanding that like she's you know and that's to me that's awesome and so in doing that in meeting her it was it was kind of weird and awkward because i'm like trying not to be overly emotional but tell her that like I appreciate what she's doing because I have a daughter and I want my daughter to do like be creative and you know I can point out different women in this world that are creative you know well and with that uh, The Ranger by Jen Wexler again really really strong movie and I I even went back and forth on whether or not to have uh, The Ranger in the fun section or the uh, top picks for the weekend it was it was tough for me to really decide on where to where to put that one. Um, I'll tell you where you can put it with the fun section because that's where I did because it's a fun punk rock cabin in the woods. You can put it in the pipes. <laughs> uh, Wolfman's got art. Absolutely one of the top picks of the weekend. I didn't get to watch it, so again, bummed. And you say you're a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of being married also. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Just You probably chose the right decision. <laughs> it, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. No question that was in the top. Uh, I mean, we pretty much listed all of the movies that we saw. <laughs> as yeah. These were the top. No, we didn't. <laughs> I said almost. <laughs> no, we didn't. I said... The majority of the movies that we saw are in our top picks for the I enjoy the power, the power of Glove, too. Or Glove Power. <laughs> the Glove Life. The Glove Life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Are you missing any? Like... Well, and there were some movies that we really wanted to see that we didn't have a chance to. To Hell and Back. Um, yeah, the Kane Hodder thing. I would have loved to have sat through that because I love Kane Hodder. Life after Flash, meh. 
So the Kane Hodder thing, uh, <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hoping I get to see that at some point. So what what movie was it that we're not touching on? There's a few. Anywho, the vast majority. You know, the I vast even, majority. I would even put November in one of my tops for the weekend, <laughs> just because it was so absurd, so bizarre. But but I loved it. I still I still really enjoyed uh, Dementia Part Two. With the Mount Me outfit. What are you talking about? <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed that movie. Uh, all of the shorts. What? What movie? Dementia Part Two. Oh, yeah. All of the shorts with the features. So that was a um, good movie. Um, they had that. The Mount Me it outfit. It was like it was in black and white, and it was really cool. Like yeah. And then there's the one scene where Matt Mercer almost threw up on top of an yeah. old woman. Yeah. And, so gross. And, yeah, they they find that uh, the the lady wants him to put on that uniform. You are joking. I'm being serious. I loved that movie. I'm not uh, joking. The, <laughs> the the shorts emergency uh, my monster heartless really enjoyed all those. I I mean we could keep talking about you know all of I the... really really did enjoy Dementia Part Two. It was, it was just in black and white. Are you going through Dementia Part 3 right now? Sorry, what? <laughs> so that has been our coverage of the Chattanooga Film Festival. The, oh my god, I am guys, going guys, to no, throw something was, at go you. Go make some greens tea. There was, there was that part where like, <laughs> she wants you to put on that, that uniform. It was a Mount Me outfit. And it, like they, they did the color thing with the red. It was really cool. But yeah. So that's you know what movie I really liked of the weekend, though. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to stop you because you just keep talking about Dementia Part Two, which was an amazing movie. So Summer of '84. You owe me ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not a lie, though. Do I have ten dollars? I don't even think I have. $10 no, no, no. I want the ten that she pays him in the movie. <laughs> what movie? <laughs> the hundred. Just write him a check. In Dementia Part Two. She keeps giving him $100 bills. Put on the Mount Me outfit. What Mount Me outfit? Oh my god. This has been our coverage of the Chattanooga Film Festival. Uh, we have absolutely loved it for y'all. Four years in a row. This is my third year in a row. It, to, to me, it's a no-brainer. Try to go next year, even if you can only go for one Does anybody movie. want to go to Dollywood? <laughs> Even if you can only make it to one movie, make sure it's a movie that Tim is not going to be at. <laughs> I'll be signing autographs. I don't want to know how. Uh, even if you only make it for one movie, just, just you know, I really go. Like that movie, oh my god. <laughs> it is an amazing time. Uh, a lot of great filmmakers there. You have a chance to talk to people, see things that you're not going to see otherwise, have experiences, seeing movies that you might see, but in ways that you wouldn't have a chance to see them. Um, Chris Dorch also puts on the Frightening Ass Film Fest. So if you're not able to make it to all of Chattanooga Film Fest, at least go and watch some really awesome horror movies around Halloween. Um, Daniel gives out free hugs at those things. <laughs> Whether you want them or not. Well, that's not a lot. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
You have surprise hunts. I don't even talk to the people when I'm there. <laughs> True story. You don't have... Like, those things are unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Next year, find Daniel. He will be giving out free hugs. He will do them very, very slowly and awkwardly. You know what movie I liked over the weekend? Dementia Part 2. You know, that was one of my favorite movies of the entire weekend. Uh, it was really cool. It's in black and white. And there's uh, there was a part where the this lady tried to get the guy to put on a a Mount Me outfit, and they really like they changed the colored jacket to red. It's really cool. Are you done with what? <laughs> no one is listening at this point. <laughs> I don't know why they're not listening. We're, we're an awesome podcast. Support Chattanooga Film Festival. Support Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Support indie cinema. Uh, support filmmakers. Support movies. Support local podcasters. Support whatever. Dementia research. Support dementia research. Give money to... <laughs> not jokingly. Give money to uh, the foundations that do research to help cure dementia. Give research, give money to... <laughs> give, give research, research to money. Yes. <laughs> give money to organizations that help to protect kids because there are terrible things happening in the world. Um, and and watch a lot of movies to escape from reality. <laughs> or, or to embrace reality <laughs> to, and stare Watch a movie to face. escape from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing in my brain right now. You're watching Dementia Part 2? What's that? <laughs> if you somehow have enjoyed this episode, uh, go back and catch the rest of our coverage at the Chattanooga Film Festival. And believe it or not, I'm going to keep inviting Daniel and Tim back <laughs> for future episodes. <laughs> so you might hear from them again. What's he talking about? <laughs> you might hear them again on occasion. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the underscore gargoyle find me at instagram at the gargoyle facebook slash the gargoyle uh, you can find links to all the social media as well as all the previous podcasts at gargoylereviews.wixsite.com slash the gargoyle just recently switched over to that one so all of the uh, backlog of podcasts i to gradually go through but all of the previous episodes will eventually be there um and yeah if you enjoyed this keep coming back you can also follow me on my blog at timfrady.wordpress.com. Is it Tim Frady or T Frady? It's Tim Frady. Okay. T Frady um, sounds like G Unit or. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a company that I want to start <laughs> of, of like teas that are put in <laughs> scary bottles. Green's like green tea. tea. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Are you also going to produce Mount Me outfits? Why do you keep saying mountain? <laughs> like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, I, don't, I just don't know what you're talking about at this point. It so makes where, me very uncomfortable every time you say that. Where can they follow you? Since we interrupted that, T. Frady. Dot WordPress dot com. Yes. You can also follow us around Cleveland if you find us. I don't recommend it. No. I live a pretty boring life. <laughs> you can find us at Golden Corral. Never. <laughs> That's a huge joke. I actually had a discussion with my child today why we don't eat Golden Corral. 
because I'm not paying 20 bucks for her to eat dessert. <laughs> I can throw candy at her at home. <laughs> Dance! <laughs> Picturing more just like throwing chum into an ocean for sharks. That's basically what I was like. <laughs> I could just swim around in a kiddie pool in my backyard and I throw gummy bears in and she just eats them. Just you know what movie board. I really liked at the uh, at the film fest this weekend? What movie? I forgot. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. You know I'm going to Dollywood? <laughs> <laughs>